just said you're not allowed to sing church songs outside of church. And welcome to yet another episode of the 3SP. I'm the mad lad of Jihad. Today, coming all the way from Perth, Australia, it's Ollie Horn. My hair looks all right. Yeah, you're looking good. How are you? How's Australia? Um, I'm 10 kilograms lighter than when I arrived. Are you? In Asia, that, yeah. That's I've... genuinely great. <laughs> is it? Yeah, that's a, that's loads. 10 kilograms is loads. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, it's it's too good post-buffet shits, isn't it? Um, 10 kilograms, that's over like a stone or something. Yeah, I think it is. Um, now, how do you feel? Do you feel, better? do you feel better for being 10 kilograms? Well, I... A bit. I don't think I noticed much difference, but um, well, I you have. Better. You look. You look like you're. You're less dying. Your eyes look less <laughs> hollow. Yeah. Well, I have been. To be honest, I've been sleeping better. But the last couple of days, I did catch. Like always happens when you just do a million shows at a festival. I caught some kind of flu, but I took a test. I'm not. Um, I'm not pregnant. Oh. It's. Uh, it's so just been I, run down. I await for the entire Australian comedy scene to come down with COVID. Well, <laughs> well exactly. <laughs> I did. I did this as as a as a preventative measure. Oh yeah, I I am. Um, you know, the same thing happened again. You know, when you were in the middle of editing a podcast that I wasn't on, this was a few months back. And you went, "Can you just check this for sound? Does the sound sound like it's out of sync with the video?" Right. And then I picked a random point of the video, and it was just it was just one of you going, "Ollie, so fat." <laughs> right and it, it was almost like it was planned so then i did the same for rick's new studio because i was interested to see what it looks like on camera so i just i just like scroll through like 40 minutes of your conversation with rick and then i land like exactly on the moment where you're like oh fuck's sake ollie gave everyone covid he was patient zero <laughs> i've just got this um this knack of finding times when you're besmirching my good name online well you did give everyone covid though that's not even a lie yeah, yeah. but in my defense, I'd sold out my show, so I couldn't have COVID. Hey, that is actually what we said. If you continue to listen to that pod, I said, look, we had sold out shows. <laughs> Sorry, wasn't an option. Gra- yeah, your grand's got to die. Did <laughs> <laughs> we, we want to perform sick? No, but we have to. Chortle gave that show three and a half stars. The people need to see it. Chortle gave, Chortle gave me a four-star review. And what he didn't know is that I was dying from COVID on that very... Just took, I powered up, did the show bang it out you, you know pe- people talk about dr showbiz i mean most people that we hang out with don't but yeah. people in musical theater do it is the thing that i've i started feeling really shit on sunday and someone dropped out of a spot so i just filled in you can pretend to be normal for 10 minutes or longer well i mean i actually genuinely had covid like ravaging me really bad so i would take ibuprofen oh. paracetamol and I'd drink a red bull. <laughs> I like remember. I'd be really good to go. <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? I remember gigging when I obviously had COVID, but all the tests showed I didn't, so I didn't. Um, and it was it was so, but like, basically, you, you know, gigging with a fever, you you do start to kind of hallucinate. I remember one gig. I was about forty five minutes into it, and I just fell off the stage. I just just stepped. This was in the um the the big room upstairs at the counting house, so it's not even a very room. tall stage. Yeah, the ballroom. And I just stepped forwards and I fell onto the floor. And then I re- then that kind of like woke me up briefly. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in the middle of a gig. I'm, I'm, I'm well, better focus. The thing is, how everyone, I don't know how you got away with it. You looked so sick during that that I remember the kind of house like, listen, he can't perform here unless he comes with a valid test that, he, <laughs> that he's passed it. But I was taking a lateral flow backstage for every show. Oh, I'm sure you obviously were. had a variant. Obviously, I was. I obviously had a variant that wasn't showing up on the tests. But then I took. Um... Well, that's that's awfully convenient. I had an awful. <laughs> well, convenient it was. But but then I but then I took one of the proper ones. The, you know, the, what, the one we the, have to send it, send it in. The actual test. Yeah. Then I took Just, an accurate I, test. At, at the end of the festival, I thought, let me just take an accurate test, and then you had COVID. And then, lo and behold, I had. Um, well, well, yeah, talk, I couldn't believe it. Well, talking about COVID, everything that we were saying at the time, is now coming out, transpiring, has come to pass. And it turns out our government runs on what? Well, not everything. You were talking a hunk of shit about a lot of stuff, but name one but thing. the whole name la- one lab leak theory—that's I think that's valid. Oh, I mean, only an idiot would have thought to such. I wonder where this virus comes from—the bio lab in China or the or the wet market. The bio lab where they're developing COVID or the wet market. 
And they're like, oh, if you say the biolab, that's racist. It's more racist to say a Chinese man gave it to you in a bag. I think you're right. Yeah, exactly. Because all the, the punchline of that year was, if, you know, if there was a Chinese person, the hack comment, the hack comment would be, oh, what have you had for lunch? Bat. Yeah. Well, I don't know. What time does a Chinese man go to the dentist? Whenever he wants to go. No, half past one. Um. Anyway. The reason I bring up <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because it's like all the COVID things. Leo was talking about it on his show. That's a surprise. Yeah, he was a surprise actually. And then after he's talking about trans people. Anyway, someone someone commented underneath, Yeah, so what killed my parents then? Tagging like me, Nico and Moochin. So I was like, neglect. <laughs> and he was like oh, <laughs> He was like, Come and say it to my face and then Mooch was like, Listen. I'm sorry your parents died, but Darius will definitely say it to your face. So once again, if you are happening to be listening to this, uh, whatever your name was, you, you asked, uh, we're recording a podcast in Voxel on Friday and uh, happy to say neglect to your face again. Uh, uh, one thing, one interesting thing. Uh, so although, that, although, although, although Lucy's, after I've invited him to say it to my face, he's now gone, he's now gone shy. Pussy. Are you actually having a fight in real time? Yeah. Well, um, one fight. interesting just... thing. My dad's a GP. That's not interesting. Um, but what is interesting is he shared a study with me done on long COVID. And he said that they, they, they've looked at historical studies of like long term uh, of like long term illnesses. Do you know, I wish I'd, I didn't know we were talking about this. So I wish I could say it in more detail. But basically, Dad is like a really, um, you know, he's not anti-woke and he does believe in not in long COVID. And he, like he's got patients which are still suffering from it. But he says in, uh, in, in this study that was done on not only long COVID patients, but also people that had had other kind of degenerative long-term diseases where they just generally all parts of them um, flounder. He said that um, in blind trials, when they tell them they haven't got their disease, people do get better that is to say that it can be self-fulfilling that if you if you persuade yourself i've got another ache that must be another symptom of long covid that can exacerbate those symptoms and can um you know could become a, a further self-debilitating problem are you listening to what i'm saying i'm listening to you and i'm I was about to answer why do you think i wasn't listening to you uh because you just monged out i didn't mong and that's just my face i was listening to you right. and i was gonna say that's <laughs> the right. thing people People sometimes convince themselves they're sick and then they make themselves sick. That's that's the same with um, placebos. But listen, to yeah. About- I, I, well, on, on this point, I read a really interesting thing about depression because I obviously I've realised in like 2021 I got depressed. I didn't really know what know what it was, and uh-huh. I, I read this really interesting. <laughs> I read this really interesting study about depression, which is that um, depressed people. Like, why do depressed people do depressed people things? Like, why did I spend 15 hours a day in bed? Why was I listening to sad music? Why was I thinking? It's fun. Well, that's the thing, right? It it seems like it's the right thing to do. And the analogy that was given one is the same thing as when someone has a flu, right? You know, when you've got a fever, you still feel really cold. Like your body tricks you into maintaining a quick homeostasis. And so what this study basically said is depressed people cannot actually comprehend the benefits of doing non-depressed things that the idea of going for a walk which would start to alleviate your symptoms of depression it wouldn't kill the depression but it would alleviate the symptoms or going for a social event with your friends or listening to happy music or thinking of happy things a depressed person's brain just like um an anorexic person who cannot who cannot understand the benefits of eating more food to make them healthier like their brain cannot compute that or like someone that's got a fever who cannot understand that they don't need to open a window they're not actually cold right it's just their body trying to maintain a quick homeostasis the best thing you can do when you start to feel depressive symptoms is to remind yourself that your brain is getting it wrong that your instinct of i know i hate it i know i hate going out with going out with my friends therefore i shouldn't like you need to know that your brain is actually incapable of of making that judgment and i think it's true you would have been depressed in 2021 if you had loads of money and really fit women. Well, I did. Did you? Yeah. 
no, no, no. Well, I, well, I think there's, t I think there's two types of response to mental health. And actually, this is something that helped me. I was so against seeing a therapist, right? I say this in my show that before I did therapy, I thought that therapy was for losers who can't solve their own problems. Yeah. And it turns out now I've done therapy. That is exactly what it is. Uh, but it works. Uh, but um, I think there's two types of like, of like mental illness or depression response. One is like some inciting event, and the other is like a chemical imbalance. And I think the inciting event one can be over medicated. And I was offered by a doctor um, me like medicines and antidepressants, and I said no on the basis that my depression is in response to one big inciting event and a couple of other smaller inciting events that I couldn't handle because of the big but event. Sometimes you can just be sad. Well, that's that's it. Oh, but I was really sad. I was like self-destructively sad. Remember when we went to Paris um, and you cried in a in a pret a manger and really embarrassed me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, like, I looked. I, look, I was like, oh, for not in a pret a manger. <laughs> all the places. <laughs> Jeff, we got in a physical fright in front of Lady Ray because you, you um, thought I wasn't handling my emotions well. And so the yes. way that you thought I could start to handle my emotions was to punch me in the face. Yeah. And then it worked. Yeah. I didn't punch you in the face, you know. You tried. To, I threatened to. Yeah. But, and then, and then you, you know what it is, though? I'll tell you what it is. When people are depressed like that or manic or something, and I've seen it a few times. Like you said, you weren't thinking straight. You weren't being logical. You were in like a loop. A loop. Yeah. Of a feedback loop where just like you couldn't get out of it. You were. Yeah, yeah. Just, well, was... well, well, well our, our mutual friend Tom, he used to just say, Ollie, you're spiraling again. Where I would just like, I'd start to say something bad. I'd start to talk about the same thing that I've talked about. And I'd start to catastrophize in the, in the same way. And like at the time, you feel really rational and smart. Like it, because it feels so logical. Because you're like well the you know the feelings of feeling sad are right and you know isn't it perfectly normal that someone who's gone through this should feel sad but yeah looking back i mean looking back it was a good thing that i went to paris on a trip right it's better that i did that than just you know stay on a friend's couch that could have um, been fun. feeling sorry for myself well it, was it wasn't not fun, fun. it was it was there were so good moments the gig was terrible <laughs> yeah, but you're you about to not go on if the gig had been if the gig had been good, it wouldn't be a good trip. It's more fun that it was awful. Yeah, but but anyway, so I, I think um, I mean maybe there are people. Obviously, there are people listening to this who are depressed. Why on earth? Like the, the in fact, this this podcast serves that serves that purpose, right? If you if you're feeling sad and hopeless, what you do is you feed your brain with more sad and hopeless Listen, content. If you are, I'll uh, tell you the only thing that actually works with the genuinely works, mushrooms. If you are depressed, if you take mushrooms in the right setting at the right time, the right place, for the next six months, it will sort out all your problems. This that's is official medical advice. That's This is medical advice, so this will now instantly be demonetized <laughs> by YouTube once more, but genuinely... But sponsored by the NHS. They're doing psilocybin studies. I... I I took mushrooms and the one time I did it, I was like, wow, I felt great for like, it, it, it gradually wears off. But honestly, I felt great for like mentally great for six months. I so. think I think if you're depressed, you've got to work out wh which category you're in. Are you in the category of someone that's had something or a series of bad things happen to you? Or are you someone who is just generally feeling imbalanced? I think you've got to, and I think a big mistake that people make is they use approaches from the wrong category. And I do think that, if you're um, enjoying the feeling of, if you're enjoying the feeling of, of being a victim, if you're feeling comfortable in being a victim, that is the most dangerous place that you can be. Because I think there is no more poisonous emotion than self-hate because it's self-fulfilling, mm. right? And it, and, it, and it generates more of itself. Well, this has been a heavy start to the, <laughs> heavy and, start to the and, and mushrooms. Should, should I talk about how fun Perth is? Yeah, tell us about Perth. And also, before you tell us about Perth, some things I want to talk about. So if the list is like, is it just going to be Ollie and Darius catching up? I want to discuss to you about <laughs> yeah. uh, Vince McMahon, uh, former chairman of the WWE, has resigned in disgrace, possibly, because he, an NDA, he, some woman he was signed an NDA, but has now come out discussing the NDA, breaking it and suing him, and alleged like what some create like that he had a threesome and shat on her head and made her continue to suck off his friend while the shit dripped down her back this is an official deposition official deposition we're going to talk about that we're also 
gonna show. What, that, so that's in legal papers. That's in legal papers. So I want to get your some like fan that. fiction porn. No, it's not. Yeah, would you know what? Actually, well, fuck, you might as well talk about it now. When I was reading it, I was like, this sounds like too, like, unbelievable to be true. Like, there's like who has a threesome and then shits on someone's head, and then says suck off, uh, continue sucking off my colleague. Let's have a look. Quits after. So who? So who? Who was who was the colleague? No, so basically the story is so Vince Vince McMahon is the chairman and of WWE, and he's and, yeah. and he started it. And let me see if I can bring up the stories. It's and second. and who's trying to bring him down? This this woman he paid her. She signed an NDA for three million pounds, three million dollars, right? He paid her a million dollars of it, but didn't keep up with the other payments. So she's just come out, and he already got sacked for it, kind of from last year. Okay, so, and in. so who's she? He, she's someone who he's hired to do this stuff. So this is the story, right? So the story goes like this. Let me see if I can bring this up. How the fuck do I bring out that scene? The story is... All right, now I remember. Okay, shift. Uh, there, can you see that? Ollie? Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, he started the WWE in, like, the 80s. Or he, just before we do this, can you, can you just click on your fourth tab, please? <laughs> this one. If you can increase your testosterone, <laughs> you can increase your energy, speed up physical recovery. <laughs> I did viral testosterone for 30 days. Here's what <laughs> That he's talking. Um, actually, I'll tell you about that as well. So, all right, we're, we're, let's talk about. He's taking Tonka <laughs> little, Ali. Little window to Darius's life. He's taking Tonka Ali and Fedoja. I took that, but I'm taking this other stuff now called. I need to, let me find out my Amazon. It's like. Shh, Amazon. <laughs> Or oh, also, I got. Uh, oh, you can all look at my Amazon history. Let's see. I listen. I listened to. I listened to um a, a BBC Radio Four podcast about the um the economics of returns. And Sh apparently, Shilajit Shilajit capsules. They're taking it. They really. I know they work because you get an instant boner. They're really good. So I'm. I'm just seeing what Shilajit. Yeah, I'm taking Shilajit and something called Boron. I'm just to see what can increase my testosterone naturally. I think they really work getting dust boners for no reason but but hang on in what context have you been getting these boners well, like, is it when you've been going into men's toilets again no i always get boners then but now i'm getting boners like even more so when i'm walking around schools and stuff <laughs> just you know <laughs> just at home in front of my wife yeah just at home but but um i think it's really good anyway all right that's some at the moment what i'm trying to do i'll tell you what i'm taking yeah go on then well, I haven't bought any supplements with me, but I bought iron because you told me I needed to have more iron, which is probably what sorted my eyes out. Yeah, I've run out so of I got iron. Iron with vitamin C. And then someone online told me to get the 50 plus version of men's multivitamin because they have higher amounts of, I want to say it's B2. And zinc and stuff. Yeah. So I got the, the, the older formula. Um but that's that's what I'm taking at the moment. Is that cool. good? I think it's good. I'm taking a load taking of stuff. It... I'm getting, right. Do you want to know all the stuff I'm taking? All right. I'm taking CLA and chromium in the morning. That's to get rid of body fat. I'm taking clenbuterol uh, every so often. That's also fat burning. Taking finisteride once every three days. Well, is finisteride for your hair? Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's for my hair. That, that stops Are you not from... using um, minoxidil? No. So the difference is, right, Rogaine or minoxidil, is that's the drops or the cream. That regrows your hair. So say you've got a bald spot, that will grow it. But as soon as you stop, it falls out. That's what I've been using here on, on the, the on receding the corners. Part. You don't really yeah. have any receding thing. But if you take finisteride now, it will stop receding. So it will uh, stop didn't, any... Doesn't finisteride stop you getting erections? Wow. So this is the thing, right? Finisteride, when they initially brought it out, which was in the 70s, they based it on a five milligram dose every single day. My hair's not good now. Right? When I went to New York, I had a hair crisis. I thought I was going bald. And um, I took finisteride. But, but that might also be the water. People say that when they change different countries because of different fluorides and stuff in the water, well, it... my hair's fucked now. Well, it was a combination of things. It was the water, but it was also I'd had my hair chemically straightened and it basically burnt my head off. 
So <laughs> I got a Brazilian blow Was this dry. another voucher? Was this yeah. another Groupon? Basically, I was getting a haircut and I was like, you know what, you should, think? you should get your hair Brazilian blow dry, then it won't be so frizzy, it'll be look great. And I got it done, and they don't tell you this, Brazilian blow dry, it's basically, they, they have to wear a gas mask when they're doing it, which should have been a clue. <laughs> Do, do the listeners know you went through a period of trying various medical interventions on Groupon? Uh, I had made possibly. Uh, what what made? I had the colonic. That was great. You had the colonic? Uh, was no, great. it wasn't. No, it was, well, no. I had one colonic irrigation where they stuck, where I had was on a machine. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, I remember I walked in and it's obviously really hot nurse. And you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. I said, just come in there and then pop yourself on that. And there's like a little... What do, you, what do you mean? You pop yourself on, just like sit down on like this like bathtub with like a dildo thing coming out. And it goes up your ass and you can see the tube and everything coming out. It says, I'm just going to turn it on. You might feel the need to go and that's okay. It might take a second. Don't worry about it. Just let me know if you do. You don't shit on the tube. I don't understand how it works. I think you shit on the tube. I, can't, I don't understand. It's weird. Does the tube have a hole at the top? Man, I don't understand. I genuinely, I don't understand. They she literally touched the tap and I was oh, get out. Instantly needed to shit. Then you just see it just coming out. And you see, honestly, at first it's like brown. Then you just start seeing great. You see all these like yellow squirts of like toxins. You see all these toxins. Then you see gray. But is it toxins? Are they not supposed to be there? Is your gut not supposed to have stuff Man, that breaks listen, down I'm just telling you what happened to me. Then I saw these. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I just, but I don't know. No, I, I don't know like. I, well, allegedly, according to her, that's toxins. Then I saw all this hmm. gray matter. And like, I came out as soon as, and you come out and just goes on and on. Like you think, oh, I've done it. It's so much. Flushes it all out, all this great. Because if you think about your colon, it's got like little ridges. Like it's in the, the crevices yeah. of there. And it just cleaned it all out. Then they give you like some um, probiotics afterwards. I came out, my cheeks were flushed. And anyway, I was on the tube and my sister's friend kind of saw me. And then she said, oh, I saw your brother on the tube. He, he, his skin was glowing. And that was great. Then another time yeah. I tried to get another colonic irrigation, but I went to some, I got off voucher and I went to some rubbish, like. That was, that was just a bloke with a dildo and a hose. You know what it was? Basically it was a woman, some hippie woman <laughs> with a dildo and it was rubbish. It's like, listen, I want the flipping jet spray up my ass, not this flipping uh, drip feed it was useless. That didn't do nothing. Um, anyway, it was good. I, I recommend the colonic irrigation. Should you, should you find You're more in focus when your face is closer to the lens. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah, that's more focused. Yeah, but man, I need Botox or some shit, man. It's awful when you look at this. I can actually see myself up close. It's awful. We'll, we'll... Paul Savage <laughs> turned 40. Did he? Apparently, he's got a massive yeah, dick. Who said that? Apparently, the rumor is it, and I'm happy to spread it on this podcast. Paul Savage, the comedian, has a huge <laughs> penis. That is the rumor. Can we start that rumor about other people? Well, James Beatty as well. James Beatty. He hasn't been on the podcast yet, but apparently he's got a large penis. Darius Davies, that's a well-known fact. Ollie Horn. Ollie Horn. That's also, some some people say it. So what? So uh, anyway, but, but, but to the point, finisteride, right, stops you losing any hair. So all R Rogaine does is as soon as you stop taking minoxidil, your hair will, your hair will grow back. But if you take finisteride, it stops you losing it. But the point is they did the... The test in the 70s on based on five milligrams a day. And if you take five mil, I took five milligrams a day, you get so many side effects. First of all, you're, you shed shit loads of hair, which makes you doubly depressed because you're already depressed. I'm already depressed because I'm losing hair. Now I've seen all this hair on my pillow. So you want to kill yourself. Then you can't get, but it's awful. So I stopped taking it. Then I saw this, um, I saw this YouTube video and I said, no, that's based on these 70s. You'll probably, you only need one milligram every few days you don't get any side effects and now I'm not worried about my hair at all so why <laughs> do you think it's cheap <laughs> but you took cheap. a test well i mean you must spend a fucking fortune on all this stuff not really finisteride is like 30 quid a month but when you take finisteride one milligram monday wednesday friday you get no i got no side effects you don't really have a big shed of hair and if you are worried about losing your hair, it leaves that. And also it's much cheaper because you buy one month supply and it lasts for three months. Good. And then what, what are you taking for um, multivitamin? Oh, yeah. So CLA, CLA with chromium, they work together well. Finisteride for the hair, biotin for the hair. Taking, uh, I take vitamin D at night. Take that at night. What's his I'll name? 
uh, Steve. I take vitamin D at night, and you, you don't take 4,000. They're going to say take 4,000 milligrams, but it's not enough. You're, that doesn't even touch it. You have to take 12,000 milligrams of vitamin D for it to, to work. I take How much does this have in it? It will, it will have, it won't even have four mil, four thousand, I bet. It has vitamin D3, 25 U grams, whatever that is. Yeah, that, that's absolutely nothing. Not doing anything. But you, you're all right, you're in Australia, so you're getting the sun, so it's fine. But in, that is true. You need, you need 12,000 U grams of vitamin D. Then they, they, but they sell it in four, four thousand, but it's cheap. So take that at night. Can you overdose on vitamin D? Not, well, possibly. I don't know. If you get lucky in the men's, am I right? Hey, uh, what else do I take? I take I'm taking ashwagandha. Try and re- I just take every. Basically, I take it and see what works. I'm not really right. taking any vitamins at the moment. You know, Russell Kane was working on his own multivitamin brand. Yeah, that's what I heard. Well, I, I've got because he's like, he's so he looks so youthful. Well, how old is he? He's definitely older than you. Yeah, he's older than you as well. Well, clearly. Clearly. Anyway, listen, what about Vince McMahon and his deposition? Oh, yeah, put that back up. Oh, yeah, we got sidetracked. Yeah. In true 3SP style. I, let's see if we can find the uh, the actual... Is this the oh, this is that? sex trafficking. Yeah, okay, but he's done for sex different. trafficking. In addition, someone, let's see if I can find the, the actual deposition where it says he's shit on her head. And then he's incriminated shit on head <laughs> Vince is always going to be a issue that this lawsuit is replete with lies obscene made up instances and never incurred and a vindictive distortion of the truth he will vigorously defend himself uh, apparently he named sex toys after wrestlers and used them on her mad well that's crazy you should check that hello Do- there is, if there is this many powerful people who end up doing sexually depraved things, right? Is it is it correlational causation? Should we be looking in Fet Life to find the next generation of CEOs and leaders? That is a that is a good. Well, I mean, think what this says is that once you get money, apparently Axel Rose loves a Cleveland steamroller as well. This is why all those what? Arab girls, they all fly them. You know what the Cleveland steamroller is? No. It's when you shit on a woman's chest and rub it in with your ass. Apparently that's one of Axel Rose's priorities. Because when you've got this, and Arabs in Dubai, they love it. They love it. Because once you've got so much money and you've had sex so many times, where, where else is there to go? You get depraved and you're like, I've done everything. I can only demean this p- person by shitting on them. I think that's what I think. But isn't that sad that they see act, they see sex as um as a as a demeaning exercise? Well, that's what well, someone said about this Vince McMahon case. They said this shows you that it's not really about sex. It's more about yeah. power and abuse. Yeah. No, I wouldn't want to shit on someone. It's not my thing. Not anymore. Anyway. What where would you? What would you? What would you want to do? Bumhole. <laughs> yeah, I got a bum hole. So what? Uh, yeah, I got a bum hole. That's hot. Yeah, I got a bum hole. So tight. Yeah, I got a bum hole. <laughs> That's right. Bum hole. Hey, I hope you've been singing that in Perth, Australia, just for no reason. Um, well, um, Li- Libby and I, when we were tubing in the, oh, I need to give a shout out to one of the um YouTube commenters. I I, I took a note of his name and I f- to shout him out. Suggested that I go to some jungle, and I went. Did you? Yeah. Um. One of the I, f- I forgot. I forgot all the details. But um. Basically, but I went. Yeah. Wherever he said to go, I went. North of Phuket, like three hours, yeah. and then I went. Oh, I was just so embarrassing. So I went with Libby, right? Yeah. We went tubing, which is where they give you a rubber ring to just like float down a river for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> this was this was one of the most demeaning you know you know you know they say like overweight people there's like an inciting moment right like yeah. they sit down on a deck chair at a barbecue and everyone turns around they're like oh no it's fine it was an old chair anyway but you know it's like you're full or like the first time you need to ask for an extension belt on an airplane right my inciting moment might have been so 
Libby. Can I um, just interrupt you one second? Because I thought your inter in inciting moment was a time you were on um, Instagram asking for women, asking for black men, i.e. this video right here. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is really bad. Because yeah. the thing is, it's exactly the kind of thing I'd say. If you're a black man, you're a king. You'll always be a king. If you're uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this on audio, seek out the video because there's a video of some like white middle aged well I don't know old white woman that looks basically exactly like Ollie. It is, but it is me. <laughs> it's um, it's I, remarkable. I, I showed people they were like, "Is Ollie using a filter?" Anyway, sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what filter is Ollie using now? Snapchat, guys. What's what you're saying? About <laughs> your you, you know, I, I reposted. I reposted that to my Instagram and yeah. it's, I just got so many likes, just like after like, a lot of fit women as well were liking it as if to go, that I can give you. You know, that's, um, my, that's my special, so that's one of my special skills, people who look like other people. Right. We well, anyway, so there's this thing called tubing where you just get on a rubber ring, like mm -hmm. a tire basically, and um, you let the current take you. Anyway, you pay like a fiver to it. Like, it's not a, like, it's not a, an established, um, you know, tourist attraction. It's just a bloke who's got a load of rubber rings and a Jeep. He'll take you to the right place. And then some kid will guide you, right? So we pay like a fiver to this guy. And um, we get on the back of his Jeep. He has two rubber rings for us, one for him. And so Libby goes and sits in the rig and she's just like sat there all serene. The, the, the scenery, you got to imagine, is picture perfect. It's like mm. a scene from, you know, Jurassic Park of beauty, just unspoiled. These like harsh limestone cliffs. The sun was blazing. The water was pristine. It was just beautiful, right? She sits in, she's lying back in the in the tube, living her best life. I then sit in the tube and and I instantly go arse overhead. So instantly just flip up, right? So straight in the drink, right? And so I'm like, okay, no problem, try again. So I go back, so I, you know, wipe off, get back on the shore, go sit in the tube, this time, Libby's like, just put your body weight forward. Oh, I'll put my body weight forward then. So I lean forward. This time, head over ass. So that, now this guy's like, okay, well, we're going to have to try again. So this time, he, this poor kid who we paid a fiver to guide us is holding onto this tube for dear life and is easing my ass into it. And what we've established is your ass is supposed to go inside the hole of the tube. My ass was so big, I could only balance on top of it. So while Libby, <laughs> her body was like inside of it yeah. and floating... I was precariously sat on top using every bit of core strength I have just to stay afloat. And, and I said, how long am I supposed to do this for? She was like, normally it takes about two hours. I'm like, I just, I can't. I, can't. Like, I was just to stay afloat, just to, to be in one place. I was having to like balance because I was, my central gravity was way higher than it should be. Right. Anyway, we, we try and go for like 20, 30 meters tops. Libby's, Libby's living her best life because she's just relaxed, serene inside her, her tube center of gravity is underneath where she's going to tip over i was on top balancing precariously the guy then leaves and goes and make a, makes a call so embarrassing and presumably says in thai we're going to need a bigger tube right <laughs> we then we then i then get out the tube swim back and they bring me like a specially made custom tube right That's nice of him like, yeah, like a bigger tube, right? But the funny, the funny tractor wheel. They bring you a tractor tire. Yeah, they literally <laughs> did. It was, it was, it was obviously like custom made, right? But the funniest, the funniest part of this was not that they brought that tube, which obviously they should have brought me in the first place, but that they'd obviously like had a plan B, which, which was following this guy with the tube was a guy with a fucking dinghy. So, 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 so just as the as the tube guy brings the tube down. And then sits me in this new tube, which my ass does fit in. It, the the guy just gives like a thumbs up to the dinghy guy, to the emergency dinghy guy, going, "We don't need the dinghy today, mate. You're off. You're off the hook." But to think their plan B was to put me in a literal life raft. Um, well, that's, uh, that, uh, listen, and it gave you the impetus that you needed to lose ten kilograms. So now yeah, you you still need the tractor wheel, but soon I've ordered the tractor. We'll go down to a large SUV, and then you know the requisite side. Yeah. So anyway, so so um, let's go back to this this WWE guy. He's obviously got loads of money if he invented WWE. Oh, he's a he's a multi billionaire, and he's been. So basically, the story is right. This woman was had no job, right? She knew some guy, and this guy was like, 
Oh, let me put you in touch with Vince McMahon because she was do- doing charity work and Vince McMahon apparently saw her and, oh, yeah, you're, you're hot. I'm going to get you a job. Brings her in, starts kind of seeing her. Vince McMahon's married, by the way. Starts seeing her and I've read... That's the real crime here, adultery. Well, apparently, apparently he's, he's with his wife for tax reasons. Vince McMahon resigns... Can you see this? Vince McMahon resigns from WWE and UFC as a 78-year-old billionaire quits role as TKO executive chairman after staff accused him of sex trafficking and defecated on her head during a threesome. So then anyway, I found the deposition. It's got tech- But he's 78. Maybe he didn't mean to. If I was his lawyer, I'd say, look, he's 78. He's going to shit himself at some point. Yeah, on her head. But I don't know, man. I read yeah. I read the text messages and it's like he's a, like the text message. His finishing moves, uh, the people's shit. Um, it's like the text messages are like written by like a 12-year-old. So I don't know, but it's obviously a power imbalance. Yeah, but do you not find any kind of sex messages every time you send one that's even remotely horny? No, no, but his, I mean, the way he types in text messages like, yo, you boy, B-O-I, and you, and that kind of, you know, like text speak, like but from 2005 oh, uh, or something. No. All right. I've, I've, I've been accused of, um, of even getting my Gen Z vocabulary wrong now. Apparently people don't even use Slay anymore. That's been phased out. No cap. I get that wrong all the time. I saw, What's maybe, no cap? No cap is... I don't know. Man, I've got, you know what? This Gen Z slang is shit. I've had enough of it. Finna. No, just say gonna. I'm finna leave. What the fuck does finna mean? I like, a lot of it's to do with food though, isn't it? Like he ate. He, um. What was that? That's another one I heard. What, what, what's finna? I don't know. Yeah, finna. They say, instead of saying I'm gonna go and do something, gonna, they say finna. I'm finning, I'm finna leave or something like that. It's so, I was like, are oh, you fucking retards? I know they use for real a lot, FR. Yeah, well, that's fine. I guess. The... I'm attracting a, Zen, a Gen Z crowd for comedy for toxic people. Oh! I, this I loophole. Lot, you know what I think? Let me just tell you one thing. I think a lot of Gen Z are kind of fed up of being misrepresented as like super progressive and woke. Oh, totally. They, 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 they like being. Oh, okay. Well, a good example, right? We For This Is Your Trial. Do you remember the one you did at the old courthouse last yeah. year? Right, so we had me. It was me, Carl Legacy, and Brendan Burns. What a ama- what amazing! <laughs> can you imagine uh, what a great show that was. Carl Legacy and Brendan Burns, the king um, baby. Carl Legacy is so so funny. For <laughs> any listeners that that's not seen Carl Legacy, right? Like, to give an example, right? So we're on this show called This Is Your Trial, where the three of us pretend to be lawyers. I'm the judge. Brendan's the defence. No, Brendan's the prosecutor, and um. And Carl's the defense. The audience submit crimes that their um, party have committed. Obviously not real crimes, but in Perth, we've so far had actual sexual assault and actual theft. Um, (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Anyway, so the point is the lawyers have to like, so the defense lawyer is supposed to listen to the prosecution lawyer's case. They talk for like five minutes, take a bunch of notes, right? And then come up with a spontaneous defense on the spot, right? Really fun show. Kyle, <laughs> like, he's got a notepad. I don't even know Kyle could write, right? Mm-hmm. He's got his notepad. He's like, he looks like he's taking notes during the first section, right? He stands up and I get a glimpse of his notepad and it kind of looks blank. So I just, <laughs> I just stop him. I'm like, Kyle, Kyle, can I just see your notepad, please? I grab the notepad and all it says at the very top is um, nothing else on the notepad in capital letters, written like it's written by a five year old, just says, I plead the riff. <laughs> so that's all he's got that's the only note he's taken so, so kyle, funny kyle has a zero material he's got even less material than me but he does it his whole thing is riffing that it, all he does and you know i booked him i booked him for five headliners which is the no crowd work show yeah loads of comics came to watch just to see if he could do it and did he do it what his, did he do? no he got to he got to nine minutes then for his last minute he did a countdown from 59 with the audience <laughs> What he did material for nine minutes. Well, he tried. Was it good? <laughs> it was funny. Well, that's what counts. Uh we, we all like Cal. The ki- the king baby, the king baby. What else is so what what's the big what's the big news going on in Australia? Well, Alan Anderson's not here, so the comedy pub crawl is no more, but the comedy pub hop is. Com- well, I was so, actually um, talking about the um like the current state of affairs in Australia, but tell me about the comedy pub hop. <laughs> so, yeah, so you don't want industry industry gossip. Yeah. Um, although, well, one thing I will say about Australia, right, and I've noticed one slight change this year, I would make a joke 
at the start of This Is Your Trial, where I said, um, basically in Australia, they do this thing called the Acknowledgement of Country, where they pay their respects to the um, traditional yeah, yeah, custodians that's, that's of the land, right? And it, and it, it, it's, it's a good example of probably a well-intentioned idea, um, but it's, it's, gone, it's gone quite far. That, for example, there's an Aboriginal act, Brendan was telling me, a friend of his who, like, he's part of the ethnic group for whom this, um, you know, for whom this, um, this announcement is intended. He said to the Melbourne Comedy Festival, can I not, I don't want to play it at the start of my show, please. It sets the wrong tone. And they said, no, no, it, it, it's policy. It's like, it's basically Melbourne Comedy Festival going, shut up, we're giving you a voice. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so it's, it's one of these things where a lot of people um, do kind of resent it because it doesn't always feel sincere. So, that, so they say things like, "We acknowledge um, the traditional custodians of the land that we, um, but you, you know, we didn't have we to inhabit." Do that last year, no, no, and 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 like it's festival policy you're supposed to, but a lot of independent productions don't. I don't do it, but what I do say is, I want to do a land acknowledgement, and then I say, um, from my point of view, the British took it fair and square. So I just say that as a joke, right, and. I must say this year the jokes got kind of a better reaction. Like I think last year people were really like, "Oh my, you know, can he even say that?" But this year people acknowledge it for the joke that it is and kind of see that it is just I, taking I, the piss. I genuinely do feel like people are now just so like they just they they're fed up with it because most people like ninety nine. Well, a lot of people aren't racist. A lot of people want to do what's right, and they're sick and tired of being told oh, you're racist if you don't say this. And then they see, for example, this Aboriginal guy going, I don't want to do it. It's for me. I don't want to do it. Like, no, you must do it. And you can see it's not <laughs> even, it's just, it's a performative thing to make them feel good about themselves. So people are just... But so, yes, we had a front row of like, they look like, you know, you know the, the sitcom, the kids cartoon Recess, the nerdy kids, like they look like them. But they were fun. Like they had a sense of humor. Like they, you know, so like one of them was in a wheelchair and um, I started the show by saying, all rise. And I pointed, and I pointed at her. And like, you know, they were like, she was laughing, right? Mm. Like, it's just, it's just wrong that, um, that, that this is a whole new generation which doesn't have a sense of humor. Um, I think it's a very, very, very small minority. That, um, but the that, thing um, is, they're vocal online. That's the difference. Yeah. And, and then additionally to that, they're vocal online and a lot of big brands have kowtowed to them they got scared of what they can do and actually now if you just tell them to get fucked then everyone's like oh yeah doesn't nothing happens um mm. that's i my got um i got opinion. told off by a woman who said that i was um while i was emceeing one of the shows a woman just oh, just really obnoxious you know she was in like in her 40s um, she, you could tell she was troubled because she didn't want to sit where she was told to sit and all this oh, stuff. God. She starts chatting and I say she's not allowed to. And then um, she's like, starts murmuring. I'm like, if you, you know, share it with the class. And she's like, my brother's not enjoying it. I'm like, well, he looks like he's enjoying it. And he's like, no, I'm enjoying it. And it's just, you know, she just wants the attention. And then I make a joke about International Women's Day. And she says, I'm a, f I'm, she says, I'm not a feminist. And I'm like, yeah fine but like, like that's not doesn't matter well it doesn't matter what i am the point is that i've just made a joke and um and so i was so i was just so over the idea that like i have to pander to her i have to put her right i just flashed my tits what i thought i just, I just went nuclear yeah i just went you want to see what a feminist looks like and i just flashed my tits at her. <laughs> and she was so shocked like there's not like there's nothing like she so wasn't expecting it it was like Basically, I'm taking this from a Muay Thai training. Sometimes you want to do the move that your opponent least expects. And in Muay Thai, your opponent least expects you flashing a tit. That's a crossover move into comedy. Yeah. So that's what I did. She was just so, she didn't have, like, she, she, she Is didn't this the have. the woman who moaned online in a review or something, or emailed you? Went, it was a show was oh, no, that was another one. <laughs> I've, got, I've got quite a few, actually. Um, although, I must, yeah, so, yeah, I've, I've rubbed a couple of audience members up the wrong way. But, I mean, that's what happens. I've done, I don't know, like, 60 shows since I've been here. Obviously, you can have a couple of people that don't like you. Um, but I will, I must well, say. I have a, I have a much only... higher hit rate of people who don't like me, and I've not done 60 shows. <laughs> I um the, the the audience reviews for for Perth Fringe World like people are a lot more active than in Edinburgh and um what are the I don't audience know. numbers like is it more busy this year is it well it's yeah it feels it well obviously with Alan not here and Alex Petty not here two of the big comedy promoters um you know there there's a bit of a void to fill but um 
I've not had to pull a show, which I think is good going. Yeah. Um, my solo, which I'm charging $30 a ticket for, I think I got 30 in on Saturday. That's good. You can do the math. Which is really, really good. Um, I'll do and also the, the show's now funny. My first one was so. My first one was so bad. It was <laughs> so bad. Why? Um, I'll tell you why. Because I found out that, that there was only had eight in, and four of them were the awards judges who like did you, did do it win? just to get. What do you reckon? It was awful. Brendan Burns walked in at the end of the show, and he says, "All I saw was you apologizing to them." Like I, it was just, it was atrocious. There was nothing good about it. This, but then this, this I was like, happy. Also, I said to, at the start of the show, I said, you know, this is my new show. I'm doing it as a work in progress. You know, I thought, why not start in Western Australia where the stakes couldn't be lower? Which I said as a joke, right? But they were like, oh, I wouldn't. Why would you do that? What you time know, is your show? 4.30 p.m. on a Saturday, prime time. Prime time. Well. Um, but, anyway, but I wasn't going to um, accept defeat. So I put loads of effort in on this Saturday. And I had one of the best shows I've ever done. I, I've decided that I'm going to be playing music during my, my show. So about three of my routines, are, are, I'm playing, um, you know, Troy Sivan's Rush? You know yeah. this song? Well, this is... I don't know. Stop it now before we get a copyright strike. Oh, right. Well, basically, I just play that and then I say a punchline wait for the punchline to linger and then start playing the music again and it's just really, really funny it's really funny either the joke does well and then they're enjoying it over the funny music or the joke's not funny but i salvage it by playing a bit of music that's, that's my so new show that's classic comedy that's it is classic. actually funny i need to write i need to write new material talking about shows edinburgh we were discussing this i've been offered hate and live i'm thinking about calling it indecent proposals why uh i think if you were fly for a show called Indecent Proposals, you might not know what it is, but it will intrigue you enough that it sounds kind of... Maybe... I've, I've got a theory. Mm -hmm. um, we're trialling a show called Best Worst Date, mm -hmm. which is all about your dating horror stories. Oh. Early sales are indicate... Early sales, interesting. Early sales indicate that um, I've made a mistake and I should have called it Your Best Worst Date. Because I think the people that come to these kind of shows care about the show being about them the night's about them not about the comics so i'm gonna oh, your contact decent proposals yeah i'm gonna contact adelaide fringe and i'm gonna get best worst date changed to your best worst date and i think your indecent proposals might be better well but then it might sound like it's a dating show or something well it still can or, be i can or, turn or, up or, no i'm talking about hating live i'm changing the name of all-star ultimate roast championship or something I well look so. i think all-star ultimate roast championship will get bums on seats but yeah. it's less distinctive oh, I don't and it Listen, says to, 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 to be honest right <laughs> all i care about is getting people through the door that's yeah I'm i agree with name. in and that case just call it good just call it good just call it michael mcintyre's greatest hits yeah but it's hating live needs to have some mm. sort of semblance basically it just needs people to understand the top line of what the show is. i think i think on, the great british hate off is a great name Mm. We tried that in Australia. It didn't really go over. And then people start thinking it's to do with cooking and stuff. Anyway, I've got well, that. I've got, got, got a show, solo show at eight in Apex and then another show at... Which at, venue in Apex? I think it's the... I can't remember. Not the biggest room. I think the room that signed like the 60-seater or something. 80-seater? Hoot 2? Yeah, maybe Hoot 2, yeah. I'm going to do my show in the round this year where at one of the yurts you know where the blunderbuss was is yeah. on potter row yeah i'm gonna do in a tent there because i like the, the offer yeah yeah rick's rick's put me down 9 p.m oh, that's good so um hate and live. oh well no let's well, have so a deal. change your change your show time well no i think 9 p.m is perfect for my show i i i, I can already I can already see it. I like the idea of doing What's an the interactive capacity show. Of, year, of the yurt? They're saying 50 or 60. Mm. Which I think I can sell. I was selling at least 50 a day most days. I'd much rather have a full tent than another 100 seater with 60 spare seats on a Tuesday. Yeah. It's depressing. It is depressing. Comedy is a depressing art form. Don't get into comedy. Do you know what it is? It absolutely is. Your and depression. 
but what's what's nice about festival season is it's everyone just try their best Every, like the people that they're it's so obvious who's not going to make it in comedy it's wow. so obvious it's it, well, it's people who bemoan the fact that you've got to pester people for spots right like I mean, you've more or less transitioned into you will only you will only work unless it not only gets offered to you, but put in your diary by someone else and you're driven there and you can do exactly what you want. But it's taken you 15 years to um, accumulate this arrogance. Your first five years in comedy would have been taking any gig, oh, yeah. you know, pestering anyone. Yeah, you've got to do what you've got to. Yeah, you've got to do. Or, or people that moan about money like, you know, I, I was I was having a drink at the Brass Monkey Carl, who's running the venue next door, said, we've got a show that we didn't know we'd, we'd sold. They'd had a sold-out show they, that they forgot to book. So he went, you just come and do a spot for me. And um, so I just, you know, I just literally popped next door and, and did 15 minutes for them. Didn't even think of asking for money. But there are some acts here who, like, you know, every, every opportunity is, not, is an opportunity to transact. Um, and it's just, I think it's such a short-term way of thinking because ultimately the acts that are able to sell 200 tickets a day for a three-week run um you know the the money that we're earning for these spots is like a rounding error amount of money hmm. i mean yeah to do um, basically to do comedy you if you ever if you're thinking about getting into comedy be prepared to earn no money for at least the first four five years in comedy yeah and then when you do earn money it's not it's not enough but i think listen i think if you get into comedy for money you're in the wrong game i never got into comedy i couldn't believe it. when i got my first pay and it was expenses i was like what the hell are they giving me like five pounds for travel i couldn't i know it. it still feels um also the way i the way i see it is well i tried to write a joke about this that like my my, my friend who i was at uni with who i was getting marginally better grades is now earning uh, over two hundred thousand pounds a year as a barrister and so if i'd followed his same career trajectory um that's how much potentially i'll be earning now right and um i want to try and explain to an audience you might have paid 20 quid to get in but I'm subsidizing you in opportunity cost. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't quite know how to how to formulate that, but I think That's it's a really good. funny idea. I've been trying yeah. to work on a joke about um, you can't be racist to white people. And I'm like, you don't know me. Give me a chance. Tag me in, man. <laughs> so I was like, you don't know the school I went to. I went to school. There's excuse like diverse. There's one white kid. We bullied him exclusively and only because he was white. There's only like, ah, you milky bar kid. Your dad pays his TV license. Like, well, this is the the only reason. But I need to. There's something. What I want is like to say you can't be racist to white people is a bit. It's kind of arrogant because nine out of ten times it's a white person, so you can't be racist to white people. So it's kind of saying, "Ah, we're so superior to you that even if you try, yeah, you, it is, it we is, deflect it is. your racism." It's like, who do you think you are, Google? Like, what? We're Microsoft Bing. We can't. You know what I mean? So I think you can. Yeah. But, but, but now AI is out here, baby. So bad stuff. I don't know. I need to think. Of, I, also, I it's it's it's. I mean, that is. I mean, I, I guess like everything, right? It's actually turns turns on your definition of racism because if your definition of racism is like existing white power structures, fair enough. But like, you can't tell me that when I was walking down the street in Japan, I remember this so clearly. I was walking with my my Japanese friends who I was speaking English to at like two a.m. and this Japanese guy drunk comes straight up to me and starts shouting, "You're in Japan." You should be speaking fucking Japanese. Who the hell do you think you are? Go home. Go back to your country, you white pig. Go back to your country, you white pig. And it's like, you can't tell me that's not racist, right? Yeah. Like, obviously, it might be different. It might be something different to, like, the racism that means that put a black Listen, name on a CV. My, my, I, th- I think racism get... is if you treat someone differently due to their skin color or their heritage or their culture, that's racist, regardless. Of I disagree. I think I, I don't think that's true. I think you should be treating people different because of their heritage. People from different heritage do need to be treated different. If someone, if if I meet a, a traditional Muslim woman, I won't go and shake her hand because that's part of her heritage and culture. No, hold on, that she wouldn't I, want to touch I agree. Me. I agree with you that. But my point is this: if you treat someone different, like there's a, oh, I'll respect their culture and I'll, you know, whatever. I wouldn't go shake your hand or whatever. But if you treat someone differently, like oh, I'm not gonna. I'm not, I'm not gonna offer them a invite whatever. you to the fag zone yeah i'm not gonna invite you to the fag zone because you're certain ethnicity then that's <laughs> racism because you're, you're not gay because yeah, you're not gay you can't come to the fag zone <laughs> welcome to the fag zone yeah no, but i do think that like it's people from different cultures and ethnicities are different 
And arguably, it's more racist to say, oh, no, you're the same as me. Well, I'll give an example, right? Did I tell you about that really, really, really fit girl that DM'd me? The one... No. She... um, So, someone commented on one of my videos saying I was hot. Her profile was private. There's like seven pixels, right? So you get to, you can make a judgment on those seven pixels. I made a positive judgment, added her. I said to her, um, what, you know, why did you leave that comment? And she said, because I think you're hot. We were chatting back and forth, right? She was French Moroccan. So Muslim French, right? Mm-hmm. Living in Canada. And like 30 like so fit like just ridiculously hot and obviously not a catfish too because she was like sending me videos and stuff we were chatting for about a week and then she just said out of the blue she just went thing is you can't really talk you can't really joke about the jews and gays can you right and that's what she just said that out of the blue and that is the kind of thing that i would say but as a joke and so i just said to her i said oh please tell me you're not homophobic as a joke and then she comes back by saying i don't think they should be killed right which was a real curveball. Basically, she's like, you know, she just like is a homophobe. She just doesn't like, you know, she's she's like so a product of her um, of her heritage that mm-hmm. she thinks that like women shouldn't get married and have kids together through IVF and stuff. And like, so it's ridiculous to say, oh, I should now treat her like. She's from a remarkably different culture. We're never going to meet in the middle. I should treat her differently. So, I right, should right, stop talking. about culture. What do you think about this? Let me show you something. This is, I'm just interested. So we've got one thing that's going on. This is happening now in Oxford Street, or it's happened recently. This, uh... Do you have a, a religion you're allowed to do anywhere? No, miss. You're not allowed you are. to sing ch- you uh, are. church you are. songs outside of church grounds, by the way. You're not allowed to sing church songs outside, outside of... Outside of church, or church uh, songs or church grounds. You're not allowed grounds. to... That's fine. That's you're not fine. allowed. She just said you're not allowed to sing church songs outside of church. Our church of, outside of church grounds, unless you have... A, Unless That's you've been authorised no, no. by the church to do this, this kind of song. Oh, Are you saying that you don't wow. care about the Human Rights Act? You're lost? Hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, no, that says it all. This is, I mean, for the benefit of the listener, the um, the police officer, or rather the child that's cosplaying as a police officer, ended that clip by sticking her tongue out in much the same vein as my post to Comedy for Toxic People. But, <sighs> but, but, but what about the fact that the police are trying to stop a woman singing as she calls them church songs on Oxford Street saying you can't sing church songs outside a church what? Yeah, I mean th- this is just a police officer not knowing anything like, all this is telling me is the police are poorly trained and underfunded and there is idiots being policed that's the only the, the only merit to the story but why would they why, uh, would they, that, why would they why would they try and shut that down though for what reason <sighs> probably because someone complained I've got an actual bit of free speech um, hot off the press news Go coming in in the last 16 minutes right. uh open up your web browser let's yeah. set some context for listeners type in the prince andrew tate appreciation hour well, and let's show everyone the poster all right hold on keep on speaking while i do this so uh two friends of ours um who um run shows at the fringe and around the world um run a comedy hour called the prince andrew tate appreciation hour where it's just a funny, very, very funny title for a stand-up show. And the show starts with them playing a series of contradictory videos by Prince Andrew um, and um, and Andrew Tate. And the poster is an absolute work of genius. It's Prince Andrew and Andrew Tate snogging. It's Um, there on the screen. Can you see it? (laughs) It's so funny. It's so funny. Anyway, hot off the press, Richie has just put on his Instagram. They tried to create merch for um, the Perth season. And Vistaprint have emailed them to say, we apologize for any inconvenience caused by the cancellation of items of your order. However, we've made the decision not to print these materials. Wow. I've got one of those. This is how, this is how wars start. This is how like, this is how France had one of its revolutions. It's like, you can't stop the freedom of the press. Well, apparently they can. So they, they, they're, they're boycotting what you can, what you can print on a pe- on a picture. I guess they're saying it's obscene. Well, it's not really obscene, is it? It's just hilarious. It's just yeah. two men kissing. Is two men kissing obscene? Well, maybe that girl that fancied me would think so. Well, listen, we've done about an hour. I think we're going to call it here. Ollie, thanks for we've joining. We've done about from- an hour. What 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 a crescendo to end on. 
Well, you know, I got you know why? Because this needs to. I need to seamlessly edit these two together. Then I've got to go and upload it because I've got the slowest internet. This is late. This podcast is late. It's is this Friday's out. episode? No, this is today's episode. This is going out today. And then I'm recording another episode with Leo and everyone for next week to go out. Basically, the, the posting timetable is now on a Monday. <laughs> okay, fine. It's, it's been changed, so I'm going to go and upload this. Anything to say? Nice. Any other interesting stories before we go? If you're in Perth, Australia, come along to Comedy for Toxic People at 4.30pm at the Brass Monkey. If you're in Adelaide, Australia, come along to Comedy for Toxic People at the Austral. Um, other than that, um, I love you. Uh, and if you're in the UK, I'm on Leo's show, Saturday Showdown, at 8pm this Saturday. Tune in and watch me uh, rile and annoy Leo on his own show and disagree with him on everything. Good? Goodbye. Bye. Bye, 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 bye.